if we haven't met, my name's Rob Jacobson, and I'm the pastor here at Restoration. And today, I'd like you to think about what it's like to be the first one to hear something, you know, especially something good. Wouldn't you say it's thrilling? And it's even exciting to be the one to share that message, especially if you're the first one to share that message. I remember the first time I got to do this was when I was uh, in high school. I had a paper out as one of my three jobs. And my friend, we lived in a small enough town where uh, you could send in little announcements like happy birthday and there'd be a little caption. You could even put a picture in. So my friend's parents decided to put happy 16th birthday Brian in the little caption. I thought it was great. I forgot it was his birthday. And I happened to have about 20, 25 extra papers. And I had a friend who had a paper out. So that was about 20 more. And we spent time cutting that out because alongside the happy birthday message was also this picture of Brian at five years old with a double bicep pose in a Superman t-shirt, wait for it, matching underwear that you could see, I believe they were called underoos, and a cape. So I wanted to share the news. So I brought them into band first hour and I was just passing them out to everyone and I'm like, Hey, say happy birthday to Brian. It was thrilling because I almost got beat up. But uh, this way of announcing is something that I think has become a phenomenon in our culture. Right about the turn of the millennium, Apple started to make this their own little event. They would host these keynote speeches and they would have their CEO get on and then they'd have their chief engineer get on and they would do these videos, they would do it live and they would talk to you about this, this thing that's happened and they were going to unveil a product and then they'd wait like an hour and 15 minutes to tell it. It was a little bit, but they would tell the backstory about how they were creating this, this this thing that they were going to reveal. So at one point, I remember one of them saying, you know, we had this, this digital listening device, and we wanted a way to access the internet more easily, and we wanted to make a better phone. And then for the next half hour, they told you the backstory of how these three things became one, and voila, they created the iPhone, and they revealed, like, then here's the new future. And everyone clapped, and then they then they talked about how this was going to transform your life because of this moment from this point to this point forward. And you can be an Apple hater, you can be an Apple lover, you can just be a skeptic, but the reality is that by the end of this message, people were lined up. They were all over these stores to get this device. And I think maybe it was the great device, but let's face it, it's a computer processor, it's glass, and it's metal. But they have created a genre of announcement. And it's not just with Apple products, because the crazy part of it is people couldn't stop talking about it. This happens with birth announcements, too. Maybe you have a friend who didn't just tell you they were pregnant. They showed you in some way. They announced it in some way. I happen to have some friends who wanted to announce their birth like this. And it follows the same pattern as Apple. Check it out. Like, here's an announcement of what's happened. Because if you know these people, you know there was just two people. And now there's a third life jacket. So something has happened. Well, there's a backstory that gives it meaning. These people happen to have a boat. They happen to love water skiing. And now, you know, Lord willing, they'll have a water skier. So it has this backstory that gives it meaning. It reveals this new future that says, we're pregnant. We're having another, or we're having a baby, first time. And... And I think it transforms the moment 
in the present and because of the moment moving forward. Like, people couldn't stop talking about it. They couldn't stop congratulating these people. I know you're here somewhere. Because we, that's what we do with news. We share it, whether it's in a little cutout of a happy birthday or it's this eye product or it's someone being pregnant. This is what we do with news. And I think if we figured this out, we would start to go, hmm, why, why is something that's so natural with an Apple product and so natural about people getting pregnant suddenly becomes so difficult as soon as we talk about Jesus? Like one of my, one of my favorite things to do is to ask people that already love Jesus, hey, how do you share with others about Jesus? Guess what I often get? Uh, uh, well, uh, hmm. Is it hot in here? And I'm not saying that to, to make fun of anyone. There's been times as a pastor that I've been asked about Jesus and I'm, well, a little. But I think if we thought about how this person who, if you're here and you don't believe and follow Jesus, first of all, thank you for coming. But second of all, maybe you've taken the risk to ask someone and say, hey, tell me about your faith. In that moment, if they're like, um, how good is the news? But I think if we understood what news really was, it would change the way we see this message. It would change the way we talk about Jesus. And so I want to just spend a few minutes today on doing that because the kids and the students did a great job kind of explaining how the shepherds shared the story of Jesus. Have you ever thought about why the shepherds shared the story of Jesus? Well, we'll look at why today. And we see it in Luke And it really kind of kicks off. It's this, it's this sort of lackadaisical, if you will, story of, oh, there's no room for them at the end. But then things get really, really exciting when the shepherds are in their fields. It says that the shepherds were in their fields, living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over the flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said, do not be afraid, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. See, I think this shares, this goes in the same way that the Apple product does and the announcement of the baby does. And if we understood it, we, we would see this. This is what um, this author, N.T. Wright, calls news. Like, n- for something to be news, it has to be four things. It has to, one, say, something significant's happened. Two, Here's a backstory that gives it meaning. Three, here's how the future is going to be new. And four, here's how it transforms not just the future, but the present moment. And if it's not news, it doesn't follow that. But if it does, it is. And I think if we saw that, people would hear good news. Now, how many of you are a little bit unsure of if you believe and follow Jesus and you're going to try and share a message about Jesus that people are going to hear it as good news. Well, listen to what the angels did not say because I think this is what's become of the Christian message. The angels did not say, fear not, I bring you good news of how to be a better shepherd. 
Don't we sometimes hear that? Here's how to be a better Christian. If only you could be a better husband, and if you could just be a better wife, or if you could just be a better child. But that's philosophical advice that might have its place in the world, but it's not good news. The shepherds didn't hear. Fear not, I bring you good news of how to get to heaven when you die. Also, very helpful, but more of a moral code and not good news. See, the shepherds heard good news. That night was a night like any other night. The news of the day was not Jesus at that moment. It was actually the proclamation from this emperor of the Roman world named Augustus who had said, go back to your hometowns because we're going to have a census. And so the shepherds were either from Bethlehem or the shepherds were not worthy to be counted in the census. The shepherds had all kinds of reasons not to share the story of Jesus. They were looked down upon in society. They really had no verifiable way to, to confirm their source. Uh, it was a supernatural phenomenon. And they were under watch by a world empire. There were all kinds of reasons for them not to do it. But the fact is, the story we just looked at is that they did They shared the news, and it changed the world because they heard good news, which means, one, something significant has happened. Well, that's what the angel says. Today, on this day, a Savior has been born to you, and he is the Messiah, the Lord, and this will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. This is the news. Something significant has happened. Not just a baby, but a Savior, Messiah God. Now, that would carry all kinds of understanding for these people. They would know Messiah was the promised one, the one that the prophets have written about, the one that the prophet has spoken about, the one that is promised, the one that God says will finally come and restore the people to him and in the world, and it will be, the angel says, for all people. Maybe the shepherds heard, huh, I wonder if I count as a person. This is something significant that's happened. So that's one way that it's news. The second way it's news is that it has this backstory that gives it meaning. Because this isn't the first time they've heard Savior of the world. See, God has sent little saviors all throughout history. And these people know it. They track it. Noah is one of the people that God sent to be a savior for the world. David, King David, has one of their people that had saved the world. Joshua save the world. And on and on and on it goes. Moses, savior to the people. And so he even uses at the very end, well, in the middle of our Bible, but the very end of the Jewish Bible, Second Chronicles, he even uses this king named Cyrus, who 500 years before this time is the most powerful person on the earth. Listen to the proclamation that he gives after the people of God have been in, in exile for 70 years. It says, In the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, in order to fulfill the word of the Lord spoken by the prophet Jeremiah, the Lord moved in the heart of Cyrus, king of Persia, to make a proclamation throughout the entire land, throughout his realm, and to put it into writing. This is what the king of Persia says. The Lord, the God of heaven... And Cyrus is not Jewish. 
He's not Christian, but he says, the Lord, the God of heaven, has given me all the kingdoms of the earth, and he has appointed me to build a temple for him in Jerusalem, at, at Jerusalem, in Judea. And any of his people among you may go up, and the Lord will be their God, and will be with them. Now think about that. For, for the Jews, they might have thought, this is good news. This is a savior for us. This is someone who's bringing us and letting us go home. These are the last words in the Jewish Bible. See, I would say that's quite a backstory, but it's not future. And God's people know it because they did go back and they did rebuild the temple and it did get destroyed. And they've been under foreign power, foreign oppression from Persia to the Greeks and now to the Romans And so they're like, "Eh, I don't know if that's a savior. But they hear this message, and they know the backstory. But the angel's message reveals this new future. Not only has today a savior been born, but suddenly this heavenly host of angels says, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace with whom his favor rests. Peace with men and women whom God is pleased. In Hebrews, it tells us without faith, we can't please God. But if we have faith and we see that God is pleased with us because we have put him in the rightful place in our lives, we have a true peace and God is with us. That was the new future. That was something that Cyrus, the savior of the world, couldn't do. That was something that 25 years before the birth of Jesus, there's this proclamation that goes out by this emperor named Augustus, actually Octavian at the time, who says, I'm going to declare peace. And he did. Officially, it was called the Pax Romana. And after years of civil war throughout the Roman Empire, Octavian comes to power. He declares peace amongst the people and says, this will be a new day. And it was as long as he didn't disagree with Rome because he ruled with kind of an iron fist. But because of that message, they gave him the title Augustus, which means exalted one or revered one. But to the people, do you know what he was known by? Sotir. Savior of the world. So the angel comes and declares a future that Cyrus can't compete with, that the Romans can't compete with, and they say, no, no, no. Today is the glory to God because if you please him, if you put your faith in him, God will be with you and will give you true peace. That's a peace that has no fear. That's a peace that you don't have to worry if you disagree with the authorities. It's a peace that fills you from The top all the way to the bottom. And that's the piece that that happens with news that is truly good. It transforms your life. The present moment, because of what's happened and because of what will happen. And that's what we see with the shepherds. We see them say, like they so beautifully did right here, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that the Lord has told us about So they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby Jesus lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word about him. Concerning, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had said to them. Now, when the shepherds say, let's go to Bethlehem and see this place, you have to realize the entire lives of these shepherds were wrapped up in those sheep. As we saw just up here, it's a little bit hard to contain sheep. Yeah, and these are much smarter than the sheep that we would see in the story. There was even a shepherd, I think, that was looking for a lost sheep. But 
That's what shepherds do. And when they are at night and they say, let's go, they are making a conscious decision to leave their well-being, leave their future, if you will, leave where, where these sheep at night, thieves can steal them and wolves can kill them. It's a risk. I think they're transformed in that moment because of this news. And they go, and they see, and they hear, and they tell, and they praise, and they are changed. They hear the word that Mary heard from the angel, that this God, this, this son, this child would be the son of the most high God. They hear the word from Joseph, that, that this child would be called Emmanuel, God with us, and he would name him Jesus because he will save the people from their sins. And they heard the word from the shepherds that said, no, this Savior, this God, he will be Messiah. He's the one. The angels told us. Over and over and over, they hear the story, they hear the story. It fills them up, and so they go. They go completely changed, and they tell the story, and it says they're amazed. Now, here's the thing about this language that that the Bible was written in, whether it's Greek or in Hebrew, there's lots of meaning for names or meaning for words. And so this word amazed can mean amazed. It can mean to marvel. It can mean to wonder. But it can also mean to be perplexed, to think long and hard. So it's possible that these shepherds left and people had a mixed reaction. It, it is possible that people who went away from them, wondered, wow, I'm just so impressed with the amazing oratory skills of these shepherds. They just proclaim this so clearly. It's possible that people left and went, can you believe shepherds told us that story? I mean, shepherds, who wants to listen to shepherds? They couldn't even testify in court. They're not reliable witnesses. Or it's possible that the people were just so amazed at the message that they weren't even thinking about the shepherds. See, think about, you know, just, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes ago, how kids shared the story of Christmas. Think about how just a few minutes ago, the angel shared the story of Christmas. Think about how the shepherds shared the story of Christmas. And think about what they have in common. Angel, shepherds, and kids. Not one of them thought very long about how to share the message. They just shared it. Because that's what you do with news. It doesn't matter if it's a happy birthday picture. It doesn't matter if it's a new product or a new movie, because we're not going to talk about that, because I haven't seen it yet. Or (laughs) whatever. (laughs) They're amazed because of the message, not the messenger. It wasn't religion, it wasn't morality, it wasn't advice, it was just good news. And friends, if we saw that and we told that, I think the world would be a different place. How can you be more like a shepherd? And if you don't like that image, then how can you be more like a kid? How can you be more like an angel? Where you don't care about how you share it, You just share it. And trust me, I have to regularly remind myself that it's not about how amazing the messenger says it. It's how amazing the message is. We have four days until Christmas. 
four days until the birth, we celebrate the birth of the one God, who, yes, was born in Bethlehem, but who suffered and was crucified in Calvary, and who rose from the dead, and who is in heaven, and who says, I am in charge of the world, and I am making all things new, and I am bringing people back into relationship with me. Come, all you who are weary, all you who are burdened, all you who are sick and tired of consumerism, all you who are weary and tired of the busyness of Christmas, I will give you true peace. That's news, and it's good. Will you pray with me? God, I pray and thank you for every kid who stood up here, who sang, who played, who rolled and danced, who had no worry about how they shared. They just shared. I thank you for shepherds, God who had no worry about how they shared. They weren't even named in the story. God, I thank you for angels that sang and an angel that spoke that's not even named because, again, it wasn't about them. It was about your message. I pray, God, whether we use a Christmas invitation or we invite someone to Christmas Eve or we just tell somebody about the news that you are making all things right in the world, Jesus, that we would be changed. Speak to us, God, about what we need to hear today. Maybe some of us here, we just need to hear that you would come to us. No matter who we are, no matter what we've done, no matter where we are, you would come to us and you would tell us this news. That a Savior has come for us. For you. For me. And God, that we would be changed. That the joy and the peace and the love, God, would be evident in our hearts, in our minds, and off our lips. Amen.